TD Asset Management welcomes you to this week's podcast. As a reminder, this podcast cannot be distributed without the prior written consent of TD Asset Management. Hello and welcome to TDM Talks, Breadth of Experience, a podcast where we discuss all things TD Asset Management. Today, our focus will be on the opportunities that exist in the global equity markets. My name is Jason McIntyre. I'm head of distribution for TD Asset Management. It's my pleasure today to be joined by the man himself, Damian Fernandez, Managing Director uh, within our Portfolio Management Group. Damian, welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks, Jason, and thanks for saying those really nice things as an intro. Just that, That's just almost like buttering me up for the hard questions. We have to make sure you come back, so we have to be nice to you. Listen, why don't, why don't we, you know, I, I do want to focus on the opportunities in the global equity market, but let's take a step back and maybe look at the macro environment. We've had, let's call it three and a half years of just a wild ride as a Canadian investor, you know, interest rates rising at, at a pace we haven't seen in a very long time, equity markets all over the place, pandemic issues. Through that time, um, maybe just your views on how the equity, the global equity markets held up and what the opportunities have been and will be going forward. That, you know what? That's a great way to start. And, and maybe, Jason, just to, I'm going to say something controversial. I think markets have done what they, in let's, so if we were having this conversation in 2019, right before, you know, when we thought uh, Corona was a beer, right? And we thought it was, uh, and we didn't understand that we would all be quarantined at home and, you know, living in fear, like visceral fear about, because we both have families, about, you know, what that means for, for our, our loved ones. And then, you know, the, the success of a vaccine that mitigated the worst effects. And then, you know, the slow return, there's so much that happened, but, and markets are up, markets are up. You know, I, I was looking at it this morning, markets are up. If you look at from the end of 2019, so December 31st, 2019 to today, the S&P is up 46%, the TSX is up 33%. So decent returns and a lot of emotion. And when I say that, it's, you know, it's done what it's supposed to do, what might be, or what people haven't, you know, like, or don't fully accept is that in the S&P's case, earnings went from 160 to 220. So earnings are up 36%. Like, so I guess market performance is a little more than earnings, but not, you know, exaggeratedly so. In the TSX, in the TSX, the S and like the Canadian market, it's literally 33%. Earnings are up 33%. The market's up 33%. So my controversial th- take on this is that we've had a lot of emotional market economic volatility, but markets have done what they've expect, you know, what they, they've followed the path of earnings and cash flow. In the, t- in the Canadian market's case, earnings grew 33%, and the market's up 33%. And same thing with you know GDP growth. GDP growth is above where it was pre-pandemic. So with the theme being controversy, let me throw something back at you then. Uh, if I look at an investor's portfolio, and especially you look at advisors that we work with and how they build their books, we see an awful lot more cash and cash equivalent type investments today in portfolios, way more than we saw back in 2019. GIC rates, I, I think I was sharing with you the other day, Damien, that uh, I was out west and, and, a, and an advisor had shared with me that they have a one-year GIC. They just renewed for a client at six and a quarter percent. That's different. So although you know the markets have done what they would expect to do, advisors' portfolio makeups looks a lot different. And today, if I'm investing, why shouldn't I go into a 6% one-year GIC rather than you know, some of these other investments that, that um, you know, but typically make up our, uh, our relatively basic portfolio. Yeah, the other investments are boring stocks and bonds, right? Like that people are, oh, so, okay, a few things. 
Uh, if I'm going to be controversial, I'll say something that I think is not controversial. I'll say that the uh, in this pandemic and the aftermath of this pandemic, the rise of social media has literally, it's exaggerated emotion and compressed time horizons. People are looking for the boogeyman around the corner at every single turn. Earlier this year, it was people were convinced we're going to recession and I'm earning 5% in, you know, or 5 or 6%. Let's use 6%, right? Just so, actually 5% is an easier number. Um, if at December 31st, 2022, you know, we're like, the recession's coming. We're still in geopolitical conflict. Inflation's a, an issue. I'm going to sit and hide in my 5% GIC. Sure, do that. We're at the end of September right now. We're recording this podcast. So we're three quarters of the year done. Your 5% GIC has paid you 375 that's before the highest marginal tax rate on, on interest income. And when I looked this morning, the TSX, which is underperformed global markets, is up seven, right? The U.S. markets up, I don't know, 15, 16%. Global markets up 15, 16%. Japan's up 20. Uh, I, I guess what's real, what's happened, right, is that because people's, people's fear, fear emotion has really accelerated, I think it's social media, I think it's a whole host of things, it's like, I will take 5%, 5 or 6 but 5 or 6% isn't going to discharge your liability base, right? Inflation's, like, inflation's falling, but in, inflation today is, like, we just reported, is north of 4%. If you're earning 5 or 6 like, you have to, like, I think, look, for your client that has an immediate, like, has uh, a liability in the next one year, sure, put in the GICs. But we're in the wealth management business, and I think the key to that is growing your wealth. And I don't think you can do that in GICs. And, I, and this is, I, I don't know if that's a controversial statement at 6%, but I will take, you know, global equity markets up 10% on average year to date, three quarters of the year that I will take three and a half, three point seven five 3.75 on the GIC so far. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, there there's, there and points well taken, uh, very good points. I think there's a behavioral aspect to advice that advisors have to work with clients around, um, but you have to balance that behavioral theory with the realities of the market, like you say, and and what's going to be best long term. And part of our job is to make sure that people are invested in portfolios that that mirror what their risk tolerance and their investment time horizons are. So I think that's very well taken. You talked you talked uh, briefly about about economic growth and where we are. I saw the other day that it looks like U.S. Q3 GDP growth is coming in well above forecast, which which sounds great. So, you know, given that you you manage US equities and and global equities, how are you how are you thinking about that relative to the opportunities in the US and how might that extend to the global opportunities? Sure. Uh so, first of all, I think uh this is our last hurrah for uh you know, service consumption because that a lot of that GDP growth, that it, it's we are Q3 GDP is actually being pulled up by service consumption. I think the you know, you know the the sign of our times, and, and maybe Jason, like, are you familiar with the term uh, Barbenheimer, or you know the, the, the movies, the movies, the Barbie and Oppenheimer, or even the Bayhive, the Beyonce fans, or uh, what's it, Swifties, Taylor Swift, all Which of I those. Heard you're a big Swiftie. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. no, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, you know, I, I do like Taylor Swift's older stuff. The like, and and this her, her new. I, I didn't go to the concert. Maybe you took your daughter for those tickets. But either way, let's put this in perspective. And and why I'm talking about this juicing up of, of GDP growth in Q3, uh, and this is in the data, this service consumption, so Barbenheimer is going to generate $1.1 billion of ticket sales outside of North America. So that's net exports. That's positive. That That's additive to GDP. 
you know, this this hit. The average Taylor Swift uh, fan spends $1,500 on the ticket, accommodation, and so on. Much more. You can't even get a ticket in Toronto. We're in Toronto right now. $1,500, is, it's not happening for a Taylor Swift uh, thing. She had 14 concerts, and, and, and the average stadium was about 55,000 people. Like, these numbers add up to the billions pretty quickly. And so I, I guess the when I say it's the last hurrah for service, people are going to look at, you know, Q through GDP and it's like, wow, that's a really big number. And that must be it, like, that's the last hurrah for service consumption. I think we're going to federal Federal Reserve rate hikes, central bank rate hikes are slowing the economy. You see that when you look at, you know, what your prime rates are, what, what interest rates costs on mortgages are. And, and that's having the effect, the desired effect. Inflation was 9% last year. It's got a forehandle right now. Growth is slowing, and I think that like we are moving into just a more normal environment, which is generally good for markets. Very interesting. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, see that one coming. But uh, thanks for the insights. Let, let's talk a little bit about get into sort of the the investment management side of what of what you're doing. Talk a little bit about the fundamental equity team, the work that you're doing, the size of the team. I mean, the the, the results are speaking for themselves, and we're just seeing some terrific for performance out of the team, but. Uh, Maybe maybe give us a, a view inside the curtains and 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 how does the team look and and uh, how are you feeling about things on the fundamental equity side? Uh, this is uh, like this isn't hyperbole or exaggeration. I'm feeling great about it. Uh, I, I don't think people uh, fully understand the gravity of my statement when I say this. We have one of the biggest fundamental teams in this country. We have over 20 analysts now. We have a host of long tenured you know portfolio managers with deep industry experience across multiple equity markets, Canada, US, global, and we're combined in this in the fund, the TD, TDAM fundamental equity team. We're a unified group. We can draw on each other's experiences. And and we've built products that are, you know, four or five star top, you know, funds or, you know, generate tremendous value for clients. And I think what's it's a testament to the leadership. It's a testament to the people we've hired. We really haven't lost voluntarily anyone. And just a continuity. I, I love coming into work. I love working with my team. But to your question, like this has been, it's been 11 years I've been with TD Asset Management. And I've seen, you know, we've built and we've developed the our junior analysts to become portfolio managers. And there's deep industry research. They write, the, you know, thoughtful reports. And what we're always trying to do is like sift through the noise, right? There's just information, your, your your clients receive information instantaneously through Twitter to, sorry, it's not Twitter anymore, it's X, it's X or, you know, social, other social media venues. We want to exploit this almost like skepticism that, that people are want to, you know, want to trade, want to act in the immediacy of information when investing is, you know, arbitraging time horizon, right? Compounding of cash flows, thinking about quality businesses that grow. And I think that's our sweet spot. And our whole team between one of the biggest analyst teams and the combination of the PMs and data scientists, we're working towards that goal. That's wonderful. And I, I, I can attest to that, having worked with you and all of the members of the team, just the not only the terrific performance and the things that you're driving from that perspective, but also just the support and the marketing and the commentaries that you are all providing uh, really go a long way in helping us all as we're dealing with clients. Maybe maybe we can we can end on kind of a deep dive into a couple of the mandates. You talk about the five star morning star ratings and the performance. Uh, maybe we'll start with the TD Global Equity Focused Fund. Give us a couple of highlights there and start with what does the focus part mean? 
So the focus part. So the first highlight is just where. So co- coincidentally, today is the thirteenth of September. That's right. It is, and uh, when we're recording this, today is Global Equity Focused Five Year Anniversary, and uh, it's the team. It's a team effort. It's a five star fund. It's uh, done tremendously well. The focus part is uh, just the idea that we want to build a portfolio of the best global businesses that can compound uh, between 45 and 55 stocks, and then just diversify those businesses so we're not taking unintended bets. And we've and like think about the last five years. We started this conversation about talking about COVID. You've had when this fund was launched, the Federal Reserve was initially late in 2018. Uh, thinking about ending like quantitative tightening, that led to some market indigestion. So it's a very volatile period initially when it launched. Then you had a recovery. You had Trump tax cuts juicing up uh, earnings. Then you had COVID and lockdowns. And throughout this whole period, because of the skill of our team and how we construct portfolios and thinking about businesses that can compound, we've been able to just keep our head on straight, right? Not take unintended bets. Not do you know not swing the portfolio around, just buy quality companies who throughout that whole five-year period have grown cash flows and the share prices have followed and our clients who have been invested in that have, uh, you know, I'm really proud of this, have done tremendously well, have compounded at a double-digit rate through this, you know, pretty uh, volatile time period. So if we look forward from today, given sort of the economic background that you laid out before, can you share with us maybe one or two areas of interest to you and the team, whether it's, you know, geographies or sectors or whatnot that you're interested in looking at for growth over the next period? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so just take a step back, right? For us, the, when we, I said this before, the way we want to try and build portfolios and pick high performing stocks is exploit skepticism of how much cash these companies are going to generate. Where I think there's a dislocation, everyone wants to talk right now about AI and to be clear, we own NVIDIA and we own, you know, we, we have plays in this. But for me, what's more interesting is, you know, what's the next step of how does artificial intelligence incorporate into, you know, businesses, our business, for example, how do we, how does TD Asset Management use AI to improve its value proposition to its clients, right? And so for us, what we're looking at is thinking about, the, is thinking about business models where AI can actually improve the consumer surplus. And then these companies, without, like they already have an existing business, they'll either reduce costs or improve revenues using AI. I can give you some examples. That's one area that we're super excited about. The other area, like you talked about regions, you know, a region that I've been spending a lot of time in is Japan. Um, Japan has these wonderful business models that generate prodigious amounts of cash flows and industry leadership, whether it's autos and machinery and parts. But more importantly, because J- Japan was still dealing with the hangover of its a big, you know, it's it's big depression almost. These you have these really these companies with very very underlevered balance sheets and a lot of cross holdings. Japan's going through an interesting corporate governance phase, where um, you know where if you're a Japanese company and you have these assets sitting on your balance sheet that aren't earning, the regulators are actually forcing you to create value, divest these assets, improve ROEs. So I think you've you've got a twofer. You've got a, you've got when I mean a twofer, you've got obviously these high quality companies which play on global growth, and you've got this added kicker of maybe corporate governance reform actually improving uh, returns. We like those things. That's great, and I'm assuming uh, with the U.S. Um, focused fund, 
very similar, if not identical practices. Yeah, we're very, it, it's in fact like the idea when he talked about focus and, you know, we have a focus now, uh, we have a focus platform. We have global equity focused. That's done really well. We have U.S. equity focused. Same idea. This will be actually be even more focused. It's under 35 companies in that fund. You know, highest quality companies with underestimated cash flow. And then we have Jeff Tiefenbach, which has just newly launched his international focused fund. So for us, like I, I say this all the time, right? It's I, I don't I, I hope we fit in one of your clients' um, platforms, but I don't want to tell people which of our products we want to fit, right? We're bakers. We bake high quality cakes. Like which cake do you want? Like I personally like, you know, I'm not a big fan of carrot cake. But I, I, I do like I do like a you know uh, like a dark chocolate cake. That's that's I'm not sure about you, Jason, but dark uh, dark chocolate cake and Taylor Swift. What a Friday night that, for that's you it. Hey, and the Fernandez household. Uh, anyways, listen, Damien, uh, wonderful uh, update. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, love to have you back uh, soon. I think this was great, very informative, and really appreciate all the work that you and the team do, and appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks, Jason. Always a pleasure. The information contained herein has been provided by TD Asset Management and is for information purposes only. The information has been drawn from sources believed to be reliable. The information does not provide financial, legal, tax, or investment advice. Particular investment, tax, or trading strategies should be evaluated relative to each individual's objectives and risk tolerance. Certain statements in this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are predictive in nature and may include words such as expects, anticipates, intends, believes, estimates, and similar forward-looking expressions or negative versions thereof. Forward-looking statements are based on current expectations and projections about future general economic, political, and relevant market factors, such as interest and foreign exchange rates, equity and capital markets, the general business environment, assuming no changes to tax or other laws or government regulation or catastrophic events. Expectations and projections about future events are inherently subject to risks and uncertainties, which may be unforeseeable. Such expectations and projections may be incorrect in the future. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of future performance. Actual events could differ materially from those expressed or implied in any forward-looking statement. A number of important factors, including those factors set out above, can contribute to these digressions. You should avoid placing any reliance on forward-looking statements. TD Asset Management Inc. is a wholly owned subsidiary of the Toronto Dominion Bank. TD Asset Management operates through TD Asset Management, Inc. in Canada and through Epic Investment Partners, Inc. in the United States. TD Greystone Asset Management represents Greystone Managed Investment, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Greystone Capital Management, Inc. All entities are affiliate and wholly owned subsidiaries of the Toronto Dominion Bank.